who live for peace and not violence and told us to be the change we wish to see in the world. Freedom's calling, I feel the fire that's deep inside us. Everybody wants change, but tell me who will guide us to the leaders that pass. Boom shakalaka, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters around the world. It is your boy, Chris Shule, a.k.a. the Chocolate Nubian Cell Brother, a.k.a. the Esoteric Noetic. And uh, we have a very special guest here with us, Adam. Uh, I always had a little bit of trouble pronouncing your last name. Is it Duque? Duque. Duque. You got it right. My man, my man. Adam is an extraordinarily successful businessman and entrepreneur. He had a very successful digital marketing company in, in China. And over the last while, he's, uh, he's been working on, actually for many years now, I understand, on a project. And I feel like this project is really relevant because right now, as you're all aware, we're dealing with the, the dreaded COVID virus. And where is everyone's focusing on this virus? And they, they think about all the lives that may potentially be lost. But one of the things that I feel like people don't always focus on is the 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 human problem of of dealing with with mental illness suicides addictions and this is something that you often see in times like this in fact i just read an article uh, last month about how in california the rate of suicides has increased by hundreds of percent and it's because people need community people <laughs> don't do well in isolation and times like now it's it's ever more important to uh, to have communities and facilities to support people that are going through addiction, mental illness, and suicide. And I know that what you're working on with your project, Maximum, which we're about to get into, focuses on a lot of those issues. So I wanted to get into that. But more importantly, I wanted to get into what makes you the amazing entrepreneur that you are. Uh, I, I know you've been involved in a lot of philanthropic work. Um, every time I, I've known you for about, I don't know, maybe five, six or so years now, and I'm, I'm always hearing positive things about you helping people. And I know this is a big part of your life. I know you've spent a lot of your, your life being successful, but you always seem to find time to, uh, yeah, to give give of yourself to others. And bro, um, anyway, enough of me rambling. Um, Adam, do you want to introduce yourself and just start off by going, um, going into uh, your journey? Because my podcast is all about the journey, and uh, I'd love to hear about your journey, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks again for having me on, and really appreciate it. It's all about getting the awareness out. Um, and look, yeah, just to talk a little bit about my journey. Um, failed high school never intended to go to university, started my first business, uh, building computers in my parents' um, house and selling them in the trading post. That sort of progressed and I'd say my my biggest uh, business to date was actually a manufacturing company in China producing Medicare card as an example. Uh, so we produced around 100 million cards a year to about 80 countries around the world. And um, so I lived in China, lived in uh, the Netherlands and um, also Malaysia and Sold that business in 2015 and took a bit of time off and bought up some digital marketing agencies um, in the last sort of three three years and merged them together under what's called one to one group. But um, yeah, the business has always been a key thing for me. But making money, you know, was always a priority and you know the success that came with building businesses. But um, I reached a point where I ticked all those boxes, had the nice car, the nice had house, the beautiful wife, four beautiful children, and um, obviously still still have all of that to a large extent but um just felt like there was something missing in my life and um yeah the other part of my journey which is um growing up as a middle child i um had a brother who suffered from what was initially add that, that sort of manifested further into schizophrenia and um so his journey impacted my journey i suppose in the sense that he was using drugs as coping mechanisms uh, from a young age and 
it's a year and a half older than me. And so um, as a result, you know, I was you know, definitely influenced and he was influenced by others as well. But yeah, so drugs became a regular sort of uh, thing from the age of 13, smoking pot and that progresses. We got older, but um, yeah, his illness sort of became more more exacerbated by the, I guess, abuse of substances. And um, yeah, so sort of escalated at the point I'd say when uh, I was 20, he was 21, he committed suicide, which was terribly sad. Um, and then a year and a half later, my, my younger brother, he died tragically in a car accident. So really, I really questioned <laughs> the meaning of, of all of that at the time, as you can imagine, and um, definitely relied on my coping mechanisms at the time, um, drugs and alcohol, to, um, to get through that. And so, you know, it, it was a really difficult point in my life and I had to find meaning and, and I threw myself into business and turned that sort of pain into success, I guess you could say on one hand, but um, yeah, that kind of reached a point where it wasn't really filling that void. It's only so much you can work and then you start becoming, you know, addicted to work or workaholic as they call it. So for me, Chrishul, I, I really was searching what it was that my greater purpose needed to be in life. and. It dawned on me a number of years ago that without something, you know, greater than me to um, to, to do every morning when I got up, um, you know, something something to kind of drive me, um, you know, I was going to be lost in the land of coping mechanisms and partying and all that sort of stuff. And on one hand, trying to be a good father, you know, run a business, you know, they start, those worlds start sort of going in opposite directions at some point. And, um, yeah, basically, I... I I researched and you know searched everywhere for a greater truth and I just saw more and more friends dying some you know of you know you know one friend fell off a train he was on drugs another friend recently about a year ago committed suicide and there was this common theme of mental illness on one hand and you know I guess substance abuse on the other and um, you know I saw myself somewhere in the middle of that going well you know I, I understand from my own experiences and my brothers and whatnot that you know, if I don't have something greater to, um, you know, to be my purpose, you know, who knows, you know, um, what, what, what there is for me. And I wanted to be a role model for my kids and, and, and for the people around me. So I came up with some concepts similar to Project Maximum, but I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to do. And, and then I realized it's helping people and speaking the truth um, was something that gave me purpose. And um, so I'm not saying for everyone it's about helping people, but um, certainly Project Maximum is for me is my purpose in helping people. And um, actually, finally launching just the other day, you know, it was a big sort of weight off my shoulders to be honest, because I was able to show that side of me to the world, to people that um, that didn't really know it. People knew me as a successful business person, but they didn't know what was going on underneath. And uh, yeah, whilst they knew a lot about my journey, they, they just didn't know a lot of that. And I think we're taught to hide, you know, a part of us as we grow up and to present our best self. And um, you get into this sort of role of performing, you know what I mean? Especially if you're running businesses and you're selling, Absolutely. you're always putting your best foot forward and we have different hiding that little part of you. And I thought that, you know, that's, that's what we really need to do is have these honest topics, honest conversations about what's really going on because people are suicidal out there. And if they feel that they can't show what's going on because the people around them are hiding who they are as well, you know, you've just got this massive divide of fakeness going on. And so I thought, you know, I've got to lead by example here. I've got to, you know, 
put myself out there. I've got to be honest. I've got to um, be willing to be vulnerable on a level that puts everything I've built at risk. You know, Absolutely. my customers might see this and go, whoa, we didn't know that about you, Adam. We're out. My kids might see this and go, dad, we didn't know about that. You know, um, the thing is by being real, by being honest and, you know, to take this step, I think it's, um, it's going to allow a lot of other people to do the same. And I've already had an amazing response of, um, you know, gratitude and, you know, just people just saying that this is something that's needed out there. So um, hopefully that gives you a bit of a, a flavor for what I'm trying to achieve here yeah, and that, where that a, idea has come from. That's a great intro. And one thing that really stuck to me as you were talking there is just how we get this perception sometimes that people are doing great. We look at our celebrities, we look at Instagram, this this fake world where everyone is putting their, their best foot forward. And we often forget that people are going through their own struggles. I mean, I we, we've had this conversation. I know this with you. I've had this myself. I mean, most people don't see this because I'm always, I'm the kind of personality where I want people to smile around me. But I, this year has been like my dark night of the soul. And to hear you talk about mental disease, I one of the things I've realized is the more people that I, I used to think this was some kind of weird thing because I've dealt with this in, in my own family and uh, I don't speak openly about it. But um, I'm sure as a kid, if I was diagnosed, I would have uh, been diagnosed with this, you know, and um, the more that I speak to people, the more I realize that it's a very common thing. I, I read a while ago that every one in maybe five people knows someone that is suffering from a mental illness. And the fact that in my family, it's also already played a, a big role with with my brother. And uh, I, I meet so many people that have either gone through the, this themselves at some stage in their life. And as you and I are well aware of, we, we have friends within our circle that are battling with this now. And I think there's nothing more important than being able to have these open conversations about what's going on and share this stuff, like what you're doing, because it gives people the permission to open up and speak about this themselves. And people don't know it's an issue until they have the, like we live in this society where no one wants to be the first person to do something because we, we don't want to be deemed as being, uh, being, being the weird person in the crowd, you know? So when you yourself have the courage to actually speak and show your vulnerability, which is something I love about you, man, um, it, yeah, it makes me want to open up and like before you know, it's like, no way, you, you have a brother, I have a brother, and then you find out that this is this phenomenon that's going on in the world right now where a lot of people, particularly now, are dealing with mental issues, not just addiction, um, not just uh, mental issues, but suicides. You know, they, they, they get brought to this um, this point. And I, this has been a theme with some of my closest friends um, just over the last few years. And I, I'm shocked every time I hear about it because I think, what? You, you of all people would deal with that? So, um, yeah, I think it's amazing that you are, you're bringing this project onto the scene. And I know that, do you, do you want to tell me a bit about how this um, project works? Because I know it's... Um, it's what where is there are a lot of there are a lot of organizations i guess like these um alcohols anonymous and i know russell brand has his uh his uh his podcast that kind of deals with people that are trying to get over these issues and uh it, it's a bold step obviously you launching your business and trying to combat this because there are obviously quite a lot of i i would imagine organizations that do that but how how is your organization looking to uh assist people in in these uh these issues sure sure so I, I guess what your question is is you know what is our point of difference or what is my point of difference here mm -hmm. and i think you know just looking at the the, the topics the, the the three pillars i guess which is you know mental illness addiction and, and and suicide i've tried to spin it around 
first of all, mental health, you know, coping mechanisms and suicide prevention. Um, look, I think awareness is my first step, you know, of, of, of launching Project Maximum. I'm not running this as a charity. It's a social enterprise. Profit is not the priority, obviously. I don't like the idea of going out and asking for donations on one hand. So we're not... Um, we're not a charity. Um, there will be paid services that come into play down the line. Um, but at this point in time, all I'm trying to achieve is greater awareness around the topics that we're talking about. And in saying that, though, on a level of honesty that you are not used to receiving, because, you know, you've got Beyond Blue, you've got all, all of these sort of charities out there that help people with different illnesses and stuff like that, um, different problems. But... Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to create something with the most honest level of rawness and, you know, uh, and realness to it where people are just automatically inspired to, to, to share their stories as well. So, um, you know, I, I just think it's different. It's, it's different in so many ways. You know, um, it's, it's about awareness. It's about sharing ideas which are controversial. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them right now because... I, uh, I think a lot of the organizations out there play into some of the mistakes in society. And I'll give you some examples. So, you know, um, mental illness in its own right is, you know, a label and each of the illnesses are labels. Now, mental illness and psychiatry, for example, this is one of the only um, areas of medicine that doesn't actually use imaging or empirical evidence to actually diagnose someone. So you can be diagnosed and labeled schizophrenic for example without a blood test a brain scan and you know any any physical evidence you can be labeled with that and i'm not saying that everyone is misdiagnosed but what i am saying though is that there's there, there is misdiagnosis and there's there's labels getting sort of pushed around by by people who are doctors okay and i'm not saying that they're uneducated but what i'm saying though is when you get a label like schizophrenic or um you know you're depressed or you're this or you're that unfortunately sometimes people then manifest the symptoms of those labels. A little so bit like addiction as well, kind of as well as alcoholic. Um, you know, these are in the eyes of some of the, um, the medical industry. These are diseases, lifelong diseases. Now, if I got told, you know, that I am an addict and I am addicted to things and basically I'm always going to have that problem for the rest of my life. That's not, that's not very hopeful, you know what I mean? And so I disagree with like a lot of how society labels uh, in the medical industry, particularly psychology, psychiatry. And so what I want to do is strip back all of this sort of dogma and whatnot around these labels um, because I, I believe there's a root cause and I believe that I believe in symptoms. So, you know, people who are depressed or anxious, they, they are experiencing symptoms. But, you know, a lot of the time medication is given, you know, to... To deal with that now that's just another coping mechanism in my opinion so society on one hand saying it's okay to have coping mechanisms if they're prescribed on the other hand you know illegal drugs and things like that alcohol these are not good coping mechanisms and you know i i tend to accept that you know non-prescribed coping mechanisms tend to get abused more often there's no question about that and i'm, I'm absolutely against that but i think um i think fundamentally i think that we're all we're all okay at the end of the day, the way we were born. And we get told as we're growing up, you know, you're too sensitive or you're too this or you're too that. And, and basically we get labeled, you know, we get put in the naughty corner at school 
and all these labels and things get piled onto us as we grow up in life. And, um, you know, someone might say something to spite us and, and it's another label. And, you know, it's just, I think at the end of the day, we've got to pull all that back and we've got to accept that we are living, you know, the way we know how to. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create awareness around quite a big area, obviously, and um, I'm going to have to unpack it bit by bit. And so it's, it's important to, um, you know, for me to, to, to not try to pretend that I know what's best for everyone as well. I'm not qualified to, um, to help people. I'm not, but I'm, I'm, in my opinion, qualified to talk about my experience. And I think, you know, I hope that by sharing my experience and, and how I've gotten through a lot of the challenges I've faced, um, I hope that that can help others. And sure. so it's a very different approach. Um, we, we'll see how successful I am over time, but the response I'm getting so far is, is really positive. And look, ultimately, Kushal, there are all these organizations out there. Mm. The problems aren't getting better though, are they? I mean, <laughs> as far as I can see, more and more people are getting depressed, anxious, more and more people are using drugs, more and more people are committing suicide and the age is getting younger and younger. So, um, you know, I'll uh, be releasing some t- t- statistics on the, um, on the Project Maximum social media pages over the next coming days, but it, it'll really demonstrate how the problem's not getting better, it's getting worse. And I, I think that means there's gotta be a different approach. And so I'll be bringing together experts who I believe have controversial, but um, you know, new ideas in dealing with these issues. And I, I feel like that's what's needed, a new approach. When things aren't working, don't keep trying to do the same thing. And so, um, yeah, I think um, ultimately watch this space and you'll, you'll see some of the, the, the sort of more controversial ideas that I have and others have that should shift things and, and hopefully improve things in this area. I could not agree more. I mean, one thing's for certain is that this problem is definitely not getting better. And I delved into the history of mental disease uh, some years back because it was something that a family member was dealing with. And the more and more I learned, the more I realized that, I mean, you, you mentioned just a moment ago that you don't feel as if you're qualified to speak about this. I don't really believe anyone in the in the established world is. I mean, the, the medical community is using pharmaceutical drugs to treat this thing. And I I think it just addresses the symptoms. I mean, the the underlying issue of what causes schizophrenia is something that we're still trying to understand here. And whereas you can go back to, back in the the nineteenth centuries, nineteenth century, people were were performing the most ridiculous things like performing lobotomies, uh, electrotherapy, which is a little controversial, but the kind you know the bloodletting, the kind of things that we were doing then seemed crazy. But, and look, granted, we made progress. And look, I won't deny it. I've spoken to people that have seen a lot of uh, benefits from using these pharmaceutical drugs. But the fact that they come with side effects and the kind of mentality I have, if you're taking something that is either masking the problem and is causing other side effects, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to call that a medication. And I, I come from a, a kind of a, a hippie tradition in the sense that I, I, I believe in doing things holistically. And I know that a lot of, you have a look at the ancient, well, like shamanistic societies have been trying to address this problem for a long time. And they've been using things as far as, uh, I mean, back, back in the day, People that were considered schizophrenic would be often the the sh- uh, shamans or uh, soothsayers because they were they just had this way of seeing things that was more accepted in the community as, as being something special. But it was kind of the the way in which people would address this issue. Um, one is not the way that we address it now. It's kind of looked at differently, and they would try to use uh, different ways, like holistic approaches, to addressing the problem and. 
um, I, I guess what I'm saying is we don't really know exactly how to address this problem and granted if we're using pharmaceutical drugs that are just masking the sy symptoms um, I don't know if that's a real solution and I'd much rather I'm I think we're at a point where we should be I mean the thing about science is we're constantly questioning our default position and I think the fact that we're not seeing any real I mean, granted, we're managing this uh, this issue, you know, mental disease. It's still manifesting as suicide and so forth. I think we're at a point where we should definitely be open to new uh, uh, new approaches, which is obviously something you're offering. So, I'm I'm totally down yeah, for. Look, uh, I, I love the fact that you're exploring that. Just on that note, you know, yeah. you touched on something about how in um, you know ancient societies that um, someone who may be these days diagnosed with schizophrenia would have in those days been maybe the shaman of the village yeah. or whatever the case may be. Mm. I tend to believe, and I, I know a lot of people who have been diagnosed with various illnesses and whatnot, and these are some of the most intelligent and inspirational people that I've met. And, you know, they're very powerful people. My brother was one of these people. I, I admired him, older brother. Um, he was born almost like in the wrong time at the wrong place to some extent. Mm. Um, and, and other friends I know as well. I mean, these are, you know, amazing people, but they're too much for the family dynamic. They're too much for maybe the situation they're in. And society is quite often templated. And if you don't fit in to that mold, you're made to be wrong. And, you know, look, I've been told over the years, you know, that I'm oversensitive or whatever, but that sensitivity has helped me in business to detect opportunities where others couldn't see them. Absolutely. It's helped me have an empathy for others when others wouldn't. And so, I, I have this belief that we're all, we're all, like, there's nothing wrong with us to start with and we're made to be wrong and people try to fix us. And I think that's the thing that I hate the most um, in our society is that, you know, and I've been guilty of it in the past and, uh, you know, that's when we, we feel arrogant and entitled enough to tell someone else how to live their life. We have no right to do that and I think society tells us how to live our life quite often and if we don't fit into that, well, you know, tough luck. And so... That's when the coping mechanisms kick in and we're, we're labelled and, you know, we're, we're, we're basically, people are trying to fix us to, to, to perform within what makes them feel comfortable. And this quite often starts in a family dynamic. And, um, you know, it's, it's a complicated issue. And, you know, having four kids myself, I'm very aware of how hard it is to, um, on one hand, you know, um, encourage children to be their, their, their true self but on the other hand, you know, you're also trying to be responsible and this, that, and the other. And um, so it's it's a really interesting um, set of ideas. And I think that um, I'm going to enjoy exploring them more and talking to people about that and, and seeing how we can help people by not making them wrong, not labeling them and kind of stripping away a lot of this um, baggage that's been put on people to make them believe that there is something wrong with them. Because in Absolutely. actual fact... We're all okay at the end of the day. As long as we're not hurting other people or hurting ourselves, we're all okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were talking about a moment ago um, how when you reinforce telling someone that they have a mental disease and you, you make it out as if they have a problem, that kind of I, – I look at that as a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, when you tell someone there's something wrong with them, particularly as a kid, that this is somehow wrong, it kind of exacerbates the problem. They become what your um, – what you're telling them not to be it's this psychological approach you know you, you don't tell someone to not think about the elephant in the room they end up thinking about the elephant in the room and I think um, the, your approach to rather than making this out to be a mental disease and looking at it as it looking as this as if it is just a, a normal obviously we, we look at this as having um, 
issues within current society, but it's just a, a spectrum of personality that we find within this this Euclidean meat space, as I like to call it, that we find ourselves. Because one of the things that you also mentioned, which I, as you're telling me this, I'm realizing is very true. Isn't it often that you find people that have these, uh, ment you know, that have schizophrenia or these issues, they they often have some kind of um, quirk or personality about them that we, we would refer to it as it almost being genius, you know? And I, I actually have a look at, if you actually have a look at the origins of the word genius, this is in ancient times, in ancient Rome, it's derived from the genii, which is this idea of, of having a muse working through you. So the, they would look at it as if you had some kind of, um, some kind of like daemon, like some kind of entity that was able to work through you. And this is, in a lot of ways, this is how shamanistic societies would look at people that were schizophrenic. The fact that they would be able to um, express something that was outside of this world. Their minds had been able to tap into something and, and see things that we wouldn't see. I mean, a lot of the times we look at it and we think, these people are crazy. They're talking about, you know, seeing entities and apparitions and all that kind of stuff. But it's quite possible that these people are just wired differently. They're more sensitive, as you imagine, and more often than not. I mean, particularly with the case with my brother, I mean... This is someone that was highly successful, highly intelligent, got a scholarship to Melbourne Grammar, was um, was the most popular in school because of the, he'd give these amazing speeches and had this mind where he would just speed read and um, the way that he'd interact with people was very, very different. And uh, in fact, it, it had a huge influence in, in my upbringing because when I went started going to school, high school, everyone would constantly talk about my brother and accept me because of this um, this personality. This, uh, big personality that he was it that it even uh it, i i got the benefits of of that by just being his brother and over the last um decade i mean this is a little personal but just seeing um you know just what has happened to him through uh I, just this personality of his um being affected through schizophrenia which i think is often brought about sometimes that i've seen anyway through uh stressful times i one of the things that i found is people that often go through Something that, I mean, use, like my mom noticed what was going on with my brother and always said that it was attributed to his personality, but there was definitely something that that brought this about, and uh, it was yeah. due to a lot of stress that was going on at the time. Like, we went through this massive crisis, and that's certainly what brought it about, but I definitely think there's something to these people being just wired a bit differently, and it's rather than perhaps looking at this as if it's some kind of innate problem with them, and hopping on these negative qualities, if we kind of had a more accepting attitude, and um, we encourage them to uh, to to not not feel not feel as if there's anything wrong per se, but it's just something that they have to work yeah. through. It may be a beneficent approach. Yeah, look, I've got a lot a lot to say on that particular point you just made. Mm -hmm. And look, um, this isn't about blaming parents, particularly my parents, and it's always been um, a heated topic. You know, was my brother um, did he have a predisposition to schizophrenia? Was there a particular gene? You know, was there something, was the umbilical cord around his neck during birth? There's all these theories that it could be. I haven't said, I haven't seen any evidence um, to prove that and doesn't mean it's the case. But, you know, this isn't, wasn't just an issue in my family or for me. This is everywhere, you know, and so I've got kids as well. I need to take responsibility for anything um, that I feel like is, is related to my parenting skills and things like that. And I think um, when kids are diagnosed with anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar, you name it, there's an immediate label placed on that kid. They are faulty. There's something wrong with them. And here's some solutions to it, which is medication. 
obviously in some fortunate cases there's a okay maybe there's a family dynamic maybe there's some dysfunction that's causing this you know um in my opinion you know when you're in a when you're growing up in a family dynamic where there's high amounts of stress dysfunction um and having someone who's diagnosed with schizophrenia i mean my childhood was uh you know very interesting to say you, the least having a brother suffering well? from this i'm sorry Adam, you, 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 you were diagnosed as well is, is that what you're saying no no no, no my brother oh your brother no, 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 gotcha, my brother gotcha. growing up with my brother sorry sure with his diagnosis i mean there was a lot of behavior which was um violent and and and, and you mm -hmm. know i won't go into all the detail but it was quite traumatic and what i'm getting at though is you know our environment tends to impact us and the people we're around and i think you know historically when a child is diagnosed with something it takes the responsibility off the rest of the family to change their behavior and it's a scapegoat in some cases not, not in all not necessarily mine either but i think that um that that person gets dumped on to some extent as the problem maker and in fact they're the ones who are probably the most sensitive and the ones that are you know i guess manifesting you know the collective issue within that family potentially um and these are controversial stories, and uh, sure, I'll have a, uh, a call from my mother after <laughs> after uh, well, she well, sees this. Sense. But we're, we're all uh, we're all subject to our our environment, aren't we? In fact, I love the quote that before you diagnose yourself with depression, make sure you're not surrounded by assholes. You heard that one? And not to say that I you're surrounded that by one. assholes, but clearly, clearly, we yeah. are affected by what's going on around us. Sometimes we can't control it, and uh, yeah, sometimes um, we do have to. I guess it is incumbent upon um, the, the the parents or the people that are, are enabling someone and kind of perhaps bringing about these these traits. Because where is where is I think we we may have proclivities to schizophrenia. I think it's it's possible that we may all have the potential to bring this about at some times. I think um, by avoiding certain situations, certain environments that can trigger this stuff, and being around people that are conscious, I mean, if you're the personality type that is susceptible to uh, schizophrenia and so forth, because I definitely think there's certain personality types that are, then by by being weary of this and not enabling them or not uh, bring, being the person to, to, to kind of trigger this stuff and by affecting their environment the right way, you can you can have a positive influence on someone and not perhaps um, uh, yeah, facilitate these uh, schizophrenic episodes or it being a full-out thing because what from what I've read um, and look I, I was actually speaking to a friend of ours in regards to this and he was saying that look he, he doesn't know but I, I did re I have read that apparently whereas most people that have schizophrenia full blown out it doesn't it's not something that becomes at least a massive issue for their entire lives within the spirit of let's say five years it is it becomes control controllable manageable so um, the fact that it can be controlled the fact that there are obviously things that can bring it on I believe a lot of the times it comes through stress means the certain things that obviously people around you we can all do to uh to help people that are perhaps more susceptible to this uh this on that note just just before i forget so oh, the statistics on schizophrenics are one third will commit suicide one third will get worse and one third will be able to manage their illness okay and so so much for statistics you know pretty I mean, yeah pretty shitty odds in like different, um, yeah. and they say one in a hundred people will get schizophrenia so look it's it's pretty shitty odds and you know the the um, the treatment for schizophrenia, and they, they they do say in you know medical reports that in journals that there's no cure for it. So once you've got it, 
you're always going to have it. And so in that case, to me, it's a bit of a death sentence. You look at the symptoms, you know, all of it's very negative. And, um, you know, just being labelled with that in itself, I think, is a, um, is a real danger. And quite often it's misdiagnosis. And, and I do believe, you know, anyone put in certain situations will have some form of psychosis potentially come out. If there's enough drugs involved, there's enough stress, all these sort of things, it's going to create symptoms that are diagnosable to schizophrenia and so I, I really believe that um you know the environment that we grew up in um I, I really believe that that is a huge part of these uh these diagnoses and I think that um you know again all I want to do is bring awareness to people so they can make their own decisions um I believe that when I've been depressed in the past and I was diagnosed with depression when I was 16 my GP who, you know, you know, clearly she was no role model. She was um, obviously overweight. Um, she asked me some questions and I walked out of there on a prescription of Zoloft antidepressants. And, you know, there was no discussion around, well, maybe it's your family situation that's causing you to be depressed. Um, obviously, I didn't feel safe to tell her that I'd been taking drugs, which would probably the real explanation why I was also depressed and why was I taking drugs at the time? Well, I had a very um, dysfunctional family environment at the time with my brother going in and out of mental facilities and, you know, overdosing and, you know, violence. And so I was made to feel like there's something wrong with me when in fact I was in this, you know, real perfect storm, you know what I mean? And so had I been taken out of that environment, not saying I, I should have been, but had I not been in that environment, had I been in a more stable environment, I don't think these issues would have, you know, come up to the extent where I was depressed and diagnosed with depression. So I tried that medication for three weeks and felt terrible, actually, <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and and took myself off it. But I think the, the point being is um, I really believe that um, by bringing this sort of conversation to the, the surface, by getting awareness out there to people who have been labelled with some sort of mental illness, who are, you know, abusing substances to deal with the symptoms of any, you know, uh, mental illness. You know, I, I think by bringing that awareness to the surface, I think people are going to realize, hey, it's not me and it might be my situation. It might be my environment. It might be the people I'm hanging out with. And quite often, you know, we are impacted by the people we hang around with. And if we're not aware of that, we can, um, you know, we can be negatively influenced by people. And so I think, um, taking responsibility for ourselves and, and, and not just sort of manifesting the symptoms of a label is, is what I really want to focus on. Absolutely. And look, I can only speak for myself here, whereas I haven't officially been diagnosed with any, any mental disorder. Uh, fortunately, I never got the opportunity to, never got tested or anything like that. I Just based on my awareness, kind of reading, seeing, exp uh, seeing other people go through this stuff and uh, being very aware of the, the symptoms. I mean, I think it's very easily that I could have in my youth. It's not something I, I speak about very often. I'm even reluctant to right now, but definitely as a kid, I, it was something I, I experienced episodes, things that would be easily interpreted as schizophrenia, some kind of mental disorder without going into too much detail. And the bottom line sure. is, I, I feel like I was able to, the only reason I'm sharing this is because, I mean, me personally, granted, I don't think it was anything full-blown, like the kind of things that I've heard some of my friends deal with, I was able to overcome these things and uh, reach a point where uh, I, I think around, uh, past the age of like 12, 13, I, I didn't really have anything like that. But 
the the things that I would experience they let's just say from a from a I guess a, a metaphysical kind of um, approach uh, it's something that I feel related to um, something like that was that couldn't really be understood through modern day science like to me I, I was experiencing like nightmares and like w waking um, waking nightmares and a lot of um, things that worries I'm a little reluctant to say like I, I couldn't I definitely couldn't explain within the, the the current scientific paradigm, you know. And through uh, through some kind of alternative approaches, I was able to combat that through um, kind of trying to um, just more introspection, more um, like I was able to essentially just shake myself out of it through exercise, through or just be you know activities, but through um, a whole bunch of things dealing with um, alternative um, approaches. Like uh, my dad was. Um, quite into uh, it was a bit of a hippie, you know, into a lot of spiritual practices and things like that. But I was able to essentially, um, whether I grew out of it or just by changing my um, my environment, my my thought patterns, the uh, and kind of just going through meditation, other other alternative things, I was able to eventually overcome this. And look, my podcast is all about being well. I try to be positive, even though I speak about a lot of negative uh, negative things. And I think um, I think we should definitely focus on the, th the the positive side. And I think they're definitely there. It's definitely not like a, a a a diagnosis where it's the end of the world. I'm sure there are certain things that you can do to overcome these things. And if we could perhaps speak about it, because I know you you definitely even if you've had negative experiences, the fact that from your negative experiences, you can impart to people what not to do. I'm sure people can learn from even some of the experiences that you had um, growing up with someone in your family that had these problems. So, I mean, what are the, what are certain things that you've learned in regards to what to look out yeah. for when people have this stuff and what to do to perhaps alleviate the situation? Yeah, look, that's a great, really good question. And, um, and these are the insights I, I would say that I want to get out there based on my experience. So... You know, the difference between my brother and I, and this is just my opinion, you know, he, being the eldest child, was very vocal about what he was doing. And, you know, I think he um, he, he took the reaper. He basically, I don't want to say he made a mistake, but he, you know, in a, in a family where obviously you tell your parents you're doing drugs and things like that, um, you know, that's obviously frowned upon. And the thing is there's symptoms that, you know, that happen when you're on drugs. And so, for example, when we were younger, we did LSD and, you know, you get some pretty full-on symptoms when you take LSD, um, you know, hallucinations, voices, whatever. And, sure. you know, he was describing these symptoms, you know, to um, obviously my parents and, and that's quite concerning, but I don't know how uh, much they connected those to the actual drug taking versus, you know, my kids having voices, you know, there's something wrong with him. And so the point is, like, what I would say to people is you're going to be, if you are using drugs, you're going to be feeling depressed. That is the drugs usually affecting you or your circumstances that need to be changed. It's not you. And I think, um, you know, anxiety, again, everyone feels anxiety, but we are, as a person, you know, not not the cause of that. It's It's what we're experiencing that's creating that. So I just think that people need to understand that, you know, when they are taking drugs, they're creating a lot of these problems for themselves. And, um, you know, if you're buying into the way in which mental illness is diagnosed, you're going to be diagnosed with something, you know what I mean, mm. as a result of that. And I think um, that's when we start to sort of manifest more of those 
symptoms that, that, that come with the, 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 the mental illness label. So I think it's really important for people to understand that um, coping mechanisms, drugs, you name it, alcohol, that's going to create new symptoms in your life, which are quite often negative. Sure. And so I think people need to understand that, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. And, and that's what I, that's what I, I always believed in myself. I had this strong, you know, sort of self belief that I am good and that, um, you know, I'm strong and I'm resilient. And, and so, yeah, I basically just didn't doubt myself. There were times where I did, but ultimately I believed in myself and I, I pulled through in most situations. And I think my, my biggest thing to people would be, you know, when you are experiencing negative symptoms, you know, to look at where they're coming from in your life, like really take a good look at your life, look at where you live, your job, your friends, your family, and just try to understand what is it in your life that you don't like or that you feel is against your values or, or, or who you are as a person. And it's very hard to do that when you're a kid living with your parents. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and for me, I kind of kept my mouth shut quite a bit when I was growing up and I knew that my brother, who was very vocal about his opinions, which are very out there, not too dissimilar to mine now, um, I knew that at that time, um, basically, there was no benefit in me to kind of talk about that stuff with my parents because it was a conversation that would only bring about, um, you know, more, um, more pain, I suppose. And so I'm not encouraging people to not talk to their parents. I'm encouraging them to come and talk to people like me um, and, and, and to reach out to people who are understanding of what you're going through. And I think, so I'd encourage people to reach out. And I always did that. I always enjoyed reaching out to people and connecting with people. And I think where suicide comes to the forefront of this discussion is when people are disconnected from everyone around them, that's when that becomes an option. They've lost all hope. And so I hope that um, Project Maximum can create a community of people who are on that same wavelength who understand what you're going through and, and create, you know, a network of people to connect with all around that's, Australia. That's super important, um, I think. I, I feel like uh, sometimes it's so much easier to talk to someone that isn't within your family or someone that can relate to what you're going through and isn't as even yeah. invested in it um, in the same way. Sometimes, I mean, I find it difficult to speak to, uh, you know, close family members about certain things because they, they live in a different world to me. But... Um, yeah, it's some. I think we all find it easier to speak to someone that is sometimes even outside of our circle, and can't and and doesn't have the same kind of um, uh, judgment on you that let's say your parents would have, or sometimes just has gone through yeah. the similar experiences, so it makes it easier. And one thing I just wanted to harp on you. I mean, you were talking about um, drugs there, and um, I'm not sure if you were saying that. I mean, I I'm not sure if you were saying that they were uh, a negative thing in these in in situations, or they can be, but. One of the things that I have been researching over the last five, ten years or so is uh, for someone that has kind of been brought up in this uh, this family where drugs have kind of been frowned upon, um, I've been opening up to the idea of them actually having therapeutic purposes. And one of the things I'm aware of is that uh, there have been certain drugs that have actually had huge beneficial effects in overcoming people's mental disorders. Like there's a drug called uh, Ibogaine. This is from from West Africa, my part of the world, and uh, it's it's been shown, um, at least according to uh, some articles I've read and uh, the Joe Rogan experience. This is when I was first introduced to this. He's very into the psychedelics. Speaks about how they've had an eighty percent success rate in curing people from addictions. This is some supposed to be 
uh, a drug that it's not the kind of thing that you take from my understanding because you want to have a party and you want to have fun. It's incredibly um, unpleasant, and uh, it, it's actually uh, like from what I understand, it's caused some. There, there have been some very negative side effects um, as far as people that haven't been able to deal with the the, the horrific um, process of going through it, but. The the benefits is that it does actually seem to purge you from these ad, uh, ad, addictions. You know, there there is some kind of like chemical um, agent within this that seems to purge you. And beyond that, there are there are, whereas there are obviously certain drugs that have negative effects to your mental health. I don't think it's all it's all or nothing. There, I think there are many things that are many of the things that we eat are are actual drugs. You know, like um, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, chili or, or nutmeg in the right doses and whereas we tend to have this attitude where we classify all drugs as being bad uh, prescribed drugs from from pharmaceutical companies good drugs drugs that come naturally as bad don't take any of these I don't think it's as simple as that and I think we need to differentiate between the drugs that can actually help people and also realize that yeah. not all si not not all medications uh, work for the for the for the for the same person you know what I mean yeah and look um there's, there's many drugs out there or chemicals, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to say what's right and wrong. I'm really not. And, um, you know, what I will say, though, is too much of any chemical is going to harm us. And, um, you know, Preach. I'm not here advocating drugs at all. In fact, um, I believe that ultimately we only use drugs as a form of coping mechanism because there's a problem in our life that's unresolved. There's, there's a void in us which is unresolved. My my goal in life is to to be at a point where I don't need to have alcohol. I don't need to have anything. I don't need Panadol even. You know what I mean? Like I would like to eventually arrive at a point where um, I've got myself to such a high level uh, spiritually that I don't need to even watch TV. Do you know what I mean? Um, because I'm bored. Do you know what I mean? And so I think... I think what I'm really trying to say is there's a lot of root causes underlying when it comes to addiction. And I think um, saying that drugs are the problem, I think is the first mistake. They're actually not the problem, but they become another problem. So they, 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 they are a problem, but they're not the problem. The problem is why we're doing it in the first place. Sure. And I think that's where we get it wrong most of the time in society, you know, where someone says, stop doing drugs, stop drinking. If you do that, everything will be fixed. That's a mistake in my opinion. In my opinion, what's worked for me is actually looking over the years at what were the reasons why. You know, it could have been I was in a wrong relationship. It could have been I had the wrong friends or, or so many things. I'm in the wrong line of work. And so I think if you look at the addictions as the main issue to fix you're going to be chasing your tail is my experience and i think a lot of parents and people get it wrong and they they blame someone for these addictions but they don't actually put the spotlight on the actual real issues exactly they're just the and symptoms right the, the things that you're taking yeah yeah i mean symptoms there's symptoms that, that, symptoms that coping mechanisms come in to, to 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 work on so i'm feeling anxious i'm feeling depressed so i go and drink or i take drugs or whatever the case may be for someone out there um, people who then see you drinking or taking drugs are going to say, well, that's the problem. You're drinking too much or you're taking drugs or whatever. That That is a problem if you're doing it too much and it's affecting your life. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not the only issue to look at. And the real issue is 
why are you feeling depressed? Why are you feeling anxious? And, you know, tracing that back to the root cause, that's the real area to focus on in people's lives. And that's what's really helped me is understanding, you know, why, why is that the case? You know, why am I feeling the need to escape or why am I feeling depressed or anxious? And I think, um, yeah, I think that that's the first step in anyone's life, I think, that I would recommend looking at from my experience anyway. And um, I'm by no means, you know, perfect and everything's happy days. You know, I'm, I'm still tracing back some of the experiences I've had and the feelings that come up for me from time to time. And, um, you know, ultimately having a purpose in life, though, that's the key thing for me that helps me, I guess, rise above any of these temptations at times. Um, and so I've only just launched this um, this organization, Project Maximum, to remember that. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of content to come out, which I haven't even thought of yet. And I, I look forward to sharing that. And it's hopefully going to put more spotlight into the areas that people should be looking in and, and, and create some some um, profound effects on people in a positive way. Absolutely. I'm, I'm keen to check it out myself. You know, I mean, as I mentioned, I, I have uh, family members that may benefit from this. And I, I think a lot of this, this content, um, regardless of whether or not you have mental disorders, it can still be advantageous to you. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at it from the perspective that as soon as we come into this world, we're all battling issues, whether it's mental disorders, physical disorders, and they all manifest in some way. And if we can get the right kind of information, um, the, the right kind of teaching and even just the right kind of community, I look at it as a, an opportunity for personal development. And I, I think um, regardless of whether it's to overcome mental disorders or just to improve yourself. Oh, I lost you there, Adam. Uh, hopefully we can get you back in a sec. There you are. It's all good. Sorry, I just had a, a call come through right. and knock you out. Um, but but yeah, look, um, yeah, we'll, we'll wind it up. But I, I did want to say that I think this is a great opportunity because I'd imagine the content that you're going to be putting out there having all these um, experts put out is going to be relevant to people regardless of whether or not they um, they're diagnosed from mental disorders because as I said I think we're in the society where um, anyone could potentially be diagnosed with something you know whether it's um, some something on the spectrum and it's uh, I think we're all battling issues and uh, yeah I think it's it's the more we can have communities and avenues like project maximum in order to deal with these uh, these problems that we all have the better the world would be. So I I salute you. I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. I know it's taken a lot of work. You mentioned you've been working on this for quite a few years. So it's uh it's I'm I'm very proud of you, brother, for getting this up and running and I look forward to uh staying posted with all the events that you can have and I want to be involved. Um bro, do you do you want to let people know that how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Project sure. Maximum and uh sure. get details Sure. And, and look, just just on what you just said. Sure. Um by no means is this for people who are diagnosed with a mental illness. This is for everyone and anyone that's experiencing symptoms of feeling stuck in their life. And, um, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, almost everyone has an addiction, <laughs> whether it be watching, you know, Netflix, addiction to you know, women. too much, whether it be looking at your phone, you know, um, <laughs> serial dating. Yeah, look, whatever it is, I believe everyone's pretty much got one. Um, it's what we do when we want to cope with life. And, you know, sometimes when it becomes an avoidance strategy, that's when it's a problem. So avoiding things in our life, you know, and, and whatnot. And, and so, look, basically, as far as um, people getting in contact, you know, either by the Facebook page, Project Maximum, or the Instagram page, Project Maximum Now, sure. um, website will be up and running shortly, projectmaximum.com. 
but look, um, no doubt there'll be a link where people can click on and, and reach out to me, tell me your stories. You know, I want to interview people who've got some um, inspirational stories and what they've been through and, 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 and coming through that and they can share their insights. Um, but yeah, look, thanks so much for having me on your show and uh, it's really exciting what you're doing as well and look forward to um, talking soon. Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you for, for coming on this show and talking about such an important issue. I'll share the details. You, you'll send me the links. I'll put them in uh, in this video once I put it up. And please, if anyone is experiencing, you know, just, just needs a community, like, do not hesitate because it's so important taking that first step. This is something I'm sure you, I definitely have seen, uh, the, the reluctance of people to want to, to step forward and show that they're going through pain because everyone feels as if um, you're supposed to be perfect in this world. But it's so important to reach out because we, we're all human. And uh, sometimes, I mean, people aren't mind readers, can't always tell what you're going through. So by all means, uh, if anyone even, uh, even if you have a friend, uh, you, you just think it'd be a great opportunity for personal development, reach out um, to either myself or uh, to uh, Adam over here. And uh, yeah, I think we can, we can make this world um, uh, a better place. So Adam, once again, thank you so much. You are... You are a legend. You're a, you're a gentleman, and it's a pleasure to, to be your friend. Uh, and I, I love the fact that you're, you started this project and you're sharing such uh, amazing, positive stuff. God bless. Thanks, mate. Appreciate the, uh, the shout-out, and uh, look forward to talking soon. Absolutely. Take care. Take care, Adam. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Boom, shuggalucky. Adam dropping some uh, some amazing information about Project Maximum. Be sure to check it out. I'll put the links in this video. And uh, yeah, look, if anyone is is experiencing uh, loneliness, isolation, as we are all going to be experiencing for, for some time now, I mean, these lockdowns have been going on for, for several weeks, months, and who knows how long it's been going down for. And the longer it goes, the more we're going to start seeing the effects of, of um, God forbid, uh, mental um illnesses and uh, addiction and and so forth so we need to be connected um, we need to take the first step and be involved in um, projects like this that can, that can really uh, alleviate the situation so ladies and gentlemen don't hesitate to reach out peace out keep it real don't drive and text this is your your chocolate Nubian soul brother Chris Jewell aka the esoteric noetic until next time boom shakalaka What is liberty? What the? Who says you can't build muscle on a vegan diet? What's it like being a, a hottie in the vegan community? Are vegan guys better? Yeah. The economics of the system don't allow multiple competing systems to survive. Engineering, technology, these arts of humanity, they are magic.